Next episode, aka the G Spy Side Show, where we follow Falcon Winter Soldier. We tell you all mm-hmm. about episodes two and three today. Yeah, uh, we've had kind of a busy time, but we are officially set up. Minus one little piece, minus one tiny piece. But other than that, we're doing great. We got our office. We got the new studio built. We in here. are officially in the funny G-Splash. little microphone things with little microphone dinglies. Real fun. Dinglies is that? Yeah, what whatever. Dinglies. Thanks. Cool. I don't know none of the technical terms. I'm just here to hang out microphone arm <laughs> yeah that that's what i'm talking about that's what he's talking about yeah, excited to talk about uh, falcon and winter soldier we falcon missed, winter we missed soldier. last week because we know usually we like to break these things down one week at a time but so we're gonna do a special double episode, double episode. Double episode. Nice. all right we're talking episode number two star spangled man i'm just gonna run through this chris and we'll analyze oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. uh walker appears on gma for those who don't know that's good morning america and he reveals his desire to live up to the Rogers mantle, but Barnes tells Wilson that he should have kept the shield and decides to accompany Wilson to Munich, where the Flag Smashers and their leader uh, are stealing a shipment of medicine. Mm-hmm. Wilson and Barnes then attack the group. They are super soldiers and overpower the pair. Walker and Lamar Hoskins. Who's kind of uh, who's kind of Captain America's sidekick. The new Captain, new Captain America. America sidekick. Uh, they arrive to help, but the Flag Smashers escape. Yep. Walker wants to work with Barnes and Wilson, but they refuse. Traveling to Baltimore, Barnes introduces Wilson to Isaiah Bradley, who is what, Chris? Who is this guy? He's actually in the comics. Oh, uh, Isaiah? Yeah. I can't remember his last name, but Isaiah. Bradley. Yeah, basically Isaiah like Bradley. A, a Bra- Isaiah Bradley, yeah. He was basically like a black Captain America in the 60s. Yeah. And yeah, he ended up going to prison. for th- In the comics, he goes to prison for 30 years because he stole Captain America's uniform. So he could wear it, and he like fought in like the Korean War. Yeah, he fought Winter Soldier in the Korean. Yeah, War. and so yeah, interesting, uh, interesting little introduction to a character that not a lot of people know. Oh, yeah, uh, Bradley refuses to help them uncover information. Or refuses to help them. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah, Bradley refuses to help them uncover information about additional super soldiers due to being imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government and Hydra for thirty years. Uh, <laughs> no, Hydra's bad. Hydra. Barnes is arrested for missing a therapy appointment, which they kind of show as like, oh, they stopped another black guy in yep, fucking New course. Orleans. Yeah, there's definitely the racial tension in the show and this kind of commentary that it's doing in a, a slight way is coming through in this episode. Just that interaction, the cops rolling up on him and being like, is this man bothering you? And yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. But they You're like, just... no, he's not bothering me. Like, what? We're having a conversation. And then it's like, oh, my God, I didn't know who you were. It's like not everybody gets Wait, that what does he lucky. say? Oh, I, didn't rec- I didn't recognize you I didn't without recognize the goggles. I didn't recognize you without the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. But then Bucky uh, Barnes ends up getting uh, arrested for missing a therapy appointment. Yeah, Walker has him released. Barnes and Wilson. Uh, there's a that's probably one, a really good scene. The the therapy scene. Sure, where the, it's the almost doctor, a really good scene. It's a good scene. The doctor uh, brings Sam in, who's like, "Nah, I'm good," and she's like, "No, I wasn't." Whatever. And yeah. Then, then they up doing a staring con. It's like very buddy cop at that point. Very buddy cop moment. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to build that relationship with them because I think it's all relied on, like, the comedy 
of them in the past, like Civil War, like, oh, they had some like little comedy interactions. And now they're trying to build something off of that, which I think is working. No, definitely. I think it is. I, I'm, it's the same I, what we come to expect, I would say. And then Walker has them uh, released from prison, the jail or whatever. Yep, yep. Barnes and Wilson again refuse to work with Walker, and Barnes suggests to Wilson that they visit the imprisoned and infamous Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo, who we last Helmet saw as uh, Zemo. Uh, in Civil War, he was the villain in that one who was kind of orchestrating the whole thing to get the Avengers to tear themselves apart. He's played by uh, somebody, Brule, Daniel, Daniel Brule, uh, who does a phenomenal job in Civil War. And who does an amazing of, job in the show. One of the only villains who doesn't die. In- yeah, they usually kill him off, so maybe it's starting something. But yeah, so uh, a very rare villain survival. Yeah, yeah. Not only a survival, but you've seen Vulture in one cutscene. I'm sure Jan Rog will play a role in Captain Marvel too. But well, like, he's also in the Morbius see, trailer. You usually don't see them come back. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we, it, we haven't yet. True, accurate. Um, Star Spangled Man, overall, Chris, did you like this episode? How did you feel? A great episode. I think there are, this show's doing such a good job of being what it needs to be, which is sort of like Brad said, this buddy cop thriller suspense, what's going on. It's it's in the same vein as the Captain America movies, right? They had this sort of spy thriller vibe. We're getting that same thing here. And I think for me, I like this episode because we need to understand who Captain America, the new Captain America is. I still am like, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is this whole show about people miscommunicating each other's right. motives? Um, I don't know, but I know that this episode needed that buildup. And I think it needed to bring Bucky and, and Sam to a head of, like, why don't they like each other? And and it doesn't really get resolved in this episode. And I don't want to jump the gun, but, like, then you're gonna. I think over the next three episodes, we'll see their relationship get a little stronger. Mm-hmm. It's a classic trope. Name me a freaking buddy cop movie where they get paired together, where they're like, we're not good. We're not friends. Okay, now we're getting to like each other, but now we don't like each other because of something. Oh, wait, no, now we're good. For, you know what I mean? That's like this common trope. The roll, yeah, the roller coaster. They're yeah. like, well, we'll put up with each other until it's like, oh, I guess we found friendship along the way. And they like shake <laughs> hands. Um, yeah, this episode is, I think, a good setup to know who this new person is Absolutely. coming in to take the mantle. And the thing I felt watching this episode, I was like, Sam did fuck up. Like, why did he? He did. He should have kept the shield, obviously, but he didn't feel like it belonged to him, or that he could do a better job or a job comparable. But like, then, I, I mean, I guess that's the whole debate or the weight on his shoulders in the show, anyway. So, of course, yeah, he he's trying to do the right thing, but obviously, he's let a lot of people down by making this decision. Because, right. but he, ha- I think, it, I think it's in this episode where he's like, "There's something that you and Cap will never understand, could never understand, if I were to take the mantle or whatever." Being black, yeah. I mean, it's a huge thing. It, it's huge so funny thing. in the comics. I feel like when because there's a sequence where Sam becomes Captain America after Captain America dies, and it's sort of like, well, he is hated on in the comics. He's hated on the comics too, but it's it's different because comics are so wide sweeping. You know, you you hear about the mention of him being Captain America in an Avengers issue. It's not a big deal. This has an opportunity to be like, it w- I couldn't take it. They wouldn't let me be Captain America because I'm black, and they're tying that with the Isaiah thing. But still, I'm kind of like, I get what he's saying to them. I just feel like he's like trying. To, I feel like he's a kid who got put in timeout, and he's like, I wasn't wrong. 
even in this Star Spangled Man, his argue Bucky has a great speech where he's like, "What if I'm not who you guys thought I was?" And oh like, yeah, yeah. And what if like, that if you don't believe that I am and they don't believe I am, then then maybe Cap was wrong or then maybe Steve was wrong about me. And then his only freaking Sam's rebuttal to that is, "Well, did you and Steve ever think that maybe I'm right?" And it's like that's a shitty argument. Argument being like, "Hey, that thing's blue." No, it's not. It's green. Well, did you ever think maybe I was right? I don't. Think, that's not what he said. Is yeah, it? that's what he says. Right about what? That that giving it away was the right move. Maybe that's what he. Maybe that's how he words it. Did did you did you and Steve ever think that I did the right thing? It's like what? No, that's why we're arguing, dipshit. So I get what they're building to and the idea that it was a lot of weight put on him, but I just feel like he needs to come around quicker, or at least make a decision of like we can't just let fucking anybody be it. You know, it was my job. Maybe it wasn't my job to ha- handle it. It was my job to hand it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what did I want to talk about this for a second? What, what is your thoughts of like in I know this is obviously a fictional movie, show, series, ongoing sure. story, but in a real life scenario situation, we've got Avengers, right? They're still around, still a thing. Sure. The Sokovia Accords are still apparently they're like not touched talked about too much, but they're still apparently are there. The fact that Captain America works to- for the Department of Defense shows that the Sokovia Accords are intact. Right. And that I don't know if it was in this episode or the next episode, but they talk about how Sam's like a private contractor. Yeah. Who yeah, does basically it, like, oh, well, who, I don't have to be. Who's a terrible with his business, apparently. Yeah, he doesn't have any idea how to do money. He's yeah. just giving it away for free. But yeah, I think, I don't know. It seems like there would be some kind of, one, because, um, what's this, Stark made the fucking shield to begin with. Sure. Oh, yeah, I know what you're already talking about. I think what you're talking about is whose property is it? Right. Right. In the real world, who owns that? Great question. Same thing I keep going back on. He, Captain America's rights, his IP, probably belong to the U.S. military. But that doesn't mean that the shield does. Now, you can argue that Sam donated that shield to the Smithsonian, which is a government-funded museum. Is it a government-funded? Yeah. So once the Smithsonian got their hands on that, so anything that gets donated to the Smithsonian Bonds is owned by the U.S. The... government. Interesting. Yeah. They have the ability to oversee it, just like the Declaration of Independence. or the I mean, that's the National Archives, but like, at least that's my understanding. The Smithsonian is a museum that is government-run and funded. No, it makes, it makes sense. But also the Department of Defense just be like, this is our property. We own the IP to it. We created 1941. Back when Cap went down in the we ice. Remember before the ice crab. So, yeah, it's a very interesting um, a thing to be like, he gave it to him, and it really he just gave him the shield. The whole show is obviously talking about symbolism. That's the biggest right. thing. Right, and I think you pointed this out. The symbol is more important than the man. Right, and they so they they bring in this like very militant, but not a super soldier. No, but, and but I, I think a that's super where, soldier. I think that's what I like, and I at the same time makes me be like a little frustrated, is like they didn't turn to the Avengers or whoever was. They'd be like, who like, wants like, this? For instance, uh, Don Cheadle's there. Yeah, and like, he's like, okay. He's just, uh, yeah, where is he right now? Like, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't he be having a say? Should, like, he maybe should, you shouldn't yeah. have done that. But he was like, I think you did the right thing. But he's always been kind of a government lackey. He's a yes man. Yeah, he's a yes man. Whatever government. Tony says, he does. But now he doesn't do anything. But um, I think that, yeah, it's an interesting thing given away and who it belongs to and the symbol and stuff. And they touch on that very lightly in Iron Man 3 all the way back in 2000-whatever. The idea that, like, the Iron Man suit, the government wants it so that it can be made into a symbol and being Iron Patriot. But then that gets thrown out the window because like, oh, fuck, that got hijacked. Forget that. It can just be War Machine now. 
Yeah, that's another. I mean, that's that's another. This is the, the same idea of scenario. American symbolism and imperialism, yeah. basically saying this is our thing and our people like it. So now we're gonna rush it out at stadiums and have him do shows and Which Good is Morning what America. Did. Steve never went on Good Morning America. He was like, "Fuck no, I want to be in the well, Caspian he, Sea fighting terrorists." But he also, but he did do the stage show for how long? Well, until he realized, like, then he never went back. I doubt he was going on freaking Regis and Kelly, being like, "How's it going?" <laughs> I'm Steve Rogers. Nice to see you. Back when but I was then again, that. he did the PSAs for school. So you got detention. So, so you got detention. <laughs> so anyways, I like it. I think it's a really good setup uh, episode. I think it's also a good setup for the Flag Smashers. You know, we're obviously we're in the first learning, episode, yeah. it's like, these guys are bad news, Billy. And then the second episode, we're seeing they're bad, but they're doing some interesting things. What are they up to? And the leader of them the, the with the freckles and the red. I can't remember her name right now. From Han Solo. A solo movie. Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. And then, I was going talk about the next episode. We're seeing an evolution of what Captain America, the new Captain America's character is going to be, who Bucky and Steve are going to be, who, who Bucky and uh, Sam are going to be together, and then obviously who yeah. who these Flag Smashers really uh, are. This episode, the uh, Star Spangled Man, has a 100% really? on uh, the tomato meter. Yeah, uh, I vividly remember as we were watching this being like, when it ended being like, I think I think a, a ninety five or above for me is when a TV episode ends and I go what? It's already what forty five minutes. You, uh-huh. how, yeah, how do you feel about the timing of the show and the pace of the show? The so pace far? is fantastic. I mean this this show is shot beautifully, perfect cinematography, perfect coloring. The editing's fantastic. The action's great, and the pace is perfect. Like yeah. every episode is like I learned a lot, but it went by quick. I'm a huge fan. I'll go to bat every time for Wandavision. It's pacing at times drags because you want answer. I don't give a shit about if Captain new Captain America is a bad guy or who the flag smashers are or Baron Zemo's role half as much as I cared about figuring out what the fuck was going on in Westview. Yeah. Every episode I was like, this is dragging. Give me answers. I have questions. Now I'm just like, take me for a ride cap. (laughs) (laughs) Friggin' John Wyatt Russell. Yeah, I think with this, obviously, you don't have constantly running through your brain of like trying to connect dots. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give this one a sp- episode of. Sp- I give it a splash for. It's a great show. Uh, let's talk about episode number three. Now we're at sure. the halfway mark. Of Unbelievable! The what a season. bummer, huh? Yeah. What a bummer! Halfway. Longer episodes in Wandavision, uh-huh. not by much, but an minutes. extra ten minutes. And they don't have like thirty minutes of. Credits. Yeah, they do. They have the same. Do amount. they have the same? They're pretty long credits. Because they got to do the Spanish credits. It's all the German, yeah. French, Italian. Shouldn't there, you know what they should do? Why haven't they thought of a thing that pops up at the end? Show ends, and then it says credits. Like, you know, Netflix says next episode or watch next. It said credits, and then it said pick your language. That way, if you want to watch your credits, you can. But if not, just stop. I just, or something like, simpler than English? that. Something simpler than that. Is when you select the dubbed version. Yeah, then it should just give you those. Give you those as well as come on, computers get smarter. As well as like the people who are the actors or whatever. Anywho, Uh, yeah, (laughs) a little bit longer, but not crazy. This one's called uh, the Power Broker. We get to see a couple more familiar faces in this one. Um, Unbeknownst to Wilson, Barnes orchestrates a prison riot to help Zemo escape. And I do like the way they do this. They kind of do like a little heist, but they tell you instead of like telling him what he's gonna do, he's telling them, and we're watching it happen at the same time. Absolutely. 
Yes. Uh, that was cool. Um, let's see. Prison right to help. He agrees to help stop the Flag Smashers, which they also kind of do a flip one when he does this, when he shows up, because Helmet does the whole super soldier code. Just to test him, just to see yeah. what was working. Actually, it was perfect. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, when he walks in there, it starts saying train car, red falcon, purple green. Homecoming. Yeah, and see if he's like, he's like, yeah, that's the old me. I like it. It was a good interaction. Yeah, it was, de- it was bad. Daniel Brule's got some power. When he's on screen, you're like, this is a bad guy. And he does a good yeah. job. Um, So they end up traveling to Mandarpore, which is a big X-Men island well, they, they in the comics. after a great prison break scene. Yeah, so they they break... Zemo out. But, uh, yeah, like you were saying, but I, I love the the pacing of that even was great. It was like, it wasn't this thing where Sam's like, okay, it was, I'm on board. How are we going to break him out? They literally get back after talking to him, and, and Bucky's like, I already did it. Already took care of it. <laughs> like, And here's how it went down. It's very kind of Ant Man esque. Like, yeah. here's the fast cuts of everything that led him, and then the door opens, and Zemo walks in. It's like, cool. We didn't have to waste. That's that's when you're telling a good story. They had a, they had to tell a very specific story about this Madripoor and the power broker and everything, right? So instead of wasting 15 minutes during a prison break planning, they just said, here, three and a half minutes, we'll get him out. Yeah. And I believed it. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I was, I thought like, it worked great. High security facility? Was... He got out. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> anyway, they travel back to, a, or they, back, back to, but to a place back called Madripoor, which mm-hmm. has been very tied to the X-Men, for those who Absolutely. don't know about comics. It's one of, the, it's one of these fake city it's it's a city it's the capital city of a country that's also fake um one of the things that they do show in this episode is the princess bar which is tied to wolverine's wife mm-hmm. in one of the comics i forget oh, what's her name anyway madripoor is a criminal sanctuary city island uh and they meet with high-ranking criminal selby she reveals to the power broker hired former Hydra scientist Dr. Wilfred Nagel mm-hmm. to recreate the soldier serum. Wilson's identity is exposed by Sarah's call. Selby is killed, and a bounty is subsequently placed on Wilson, Barnes, and Zemo as they escape. Now, they, one of the things they, t- they do ha- uh, that, that does happen is they have Sam dressed up and acting as Smiling, Smiling Tiger, Tiger, who is the actual character. looks nothing like what they portrayed in the show, but... He- Looks like a demon in the comics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, very much so. That's a like good. That's a good way to put it. Kind of like the um, the brood. Oh yeah, from X, another X Men type thing. Yeah, yeah kind of looks like a demon. Um, was is there any relevance? Like, should we be at all interested in the smiling town? Is there just like no. a nod? No, it's just basically saying, hey, we're going into low town of Madripoor because there's high town where all like the super rich live, and there's low town where all the criminals live. We're going in, and we need some clout. So I'm I'm Zemo and I have the Winter Soldier and you're gonna pretend like you're the goddamn Winter Soldier, and then you need to be Smiling Tiger, a drug gun runner. Because you kind of look- get our meeting, get us a meeting, and you look just like this guy. You're gonna get us a meeting with. Basically saying blank. all black people look alike. Yeah, well, I mean, but then but they do a good job of having Sam look at the picture and be like, damn, I do look like this guy, which I was like, that's yeah. Because they were similar, and he wears the suit and the chain, and it's like people know. But then again, like I also felt that way too a little about the episode. Because then he goes to the bar, and the guy's like, "The usual smiling tiger." If you have a usual at some place, I don't think that the person's gonna not, right, not recognize not right. yeah, you be, enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody I've never talked to, I don't know that well. If, like, let's just say I'm just always absent-minded. I'm a bartender, but I look at that guy and I go, "Oh, that guy needs a PBR." 
That's his go-to. Well, fuck. I know what he looks like, obviously. You know what I mean? I'm glad they, you know, you'd be like, oh, wait, I know this fucking guy. But they don't. But it's also a weird scenario. They get in a bar fight, like you said. Then they get to go meet the gang boss. And then that person gets fucking killed. You know, it's a, it sets up everything. It keeps the plot rolling. Um, Another interesting thing, too, is we find out that Zemo, I mean, we knew as a comic book nerds, but he's been a baron. And I, I even was like, wait, what? He's rich? Right. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's fucking royalty. He's yeah, royalty. Fucking- His name's Baron Zemo. Yeah, that it's almost like a, it's not necessarily a, a Doctor Doom type scenario, but yeah, when they are basically are like, how are we gonna get there? And they get onto his private plane with his butler, and you're like, oh, he's a rich villain. Which is also makes sense of how he got around so fast in Civil War. Sure, he had the money and time to be able to invest in taking them out. Yeah, he was Just making moves, thinking about it, tracking people down. You know, he, he knew what he was up to. Yeah, definitely. But an interesting thing that was at such a, the background of what was going on in Civil War because there's so much shit going on. But oh my um, gosh, and then some. Right. So they finally, uh, Sharon Carter makes an appearance. There we go. She's the one that saves them from the big gang person yeah. by putting a bullet through her head. We find out that she's been living as a fugitive. Uh, she saves them from bounty hunters and brings them to uh, Nagel's lab. And we thought we finally talked to Nagel, who's recreated 20 doses of the serum, which somebody stole. Mm-hmm. Um, Zemo unexpectedly kills him, and the lab is destroyed. But Zemo steals a gateway ve- uh, getaway vehicle. Gateway vehicle. A gateway vehicle. If once you get this, in this episode vehicle, sponsored to you by gateway you're getting a lot more vehicles after you get into this vehicle. It's a gateway vehicle. Yeah, he does, and I absolutely expect him to kill that scientist. Not just because he found a gun, but like his whole thing is that there should be no super soldiers. Yeah. I was like, oh, th- and the guy, and the guy's just spilling the beans so fast. He's like, and then he made me make the serum. But guess what? I'm, I, they all got stolen, and, I, and I'm the only person who knows how to make more. So if I die, there'll never be any more. And it's like, and he's like, wow, you're really setting yourself up for a fall there, partner. You never give it away. Like you, uh, and I keep it in a lockbox, and if something ever happens to me, it goes on the internet. He didn't even say it. He's like, it's all in here. Yeah. <laughs> doom Bye-bye. I don't even write my notes down. <laughs> Whoop. Carter stays behind, and Wilson agrees to ab- obtain a pardon for her. Oh, they do that weird thing where he's like, she's like butthurt about being a fugitive. Well, I think it's an interesting almost. I I, I think that possibly maybe butthurt isn't the right after. word. After but... I know definitely she's like, well, you guys didn't let me come back to America, but like <laughs> it's like it does make sense when you think about it. That like the movies sometimes in the MCU movies things get glossed over just out of convenience for the storytelling. Like, things right. are so much bigger. We In Civil War, you know, she's in there. She helps them. She steals back Cap's shield. He gets a, she gets him out of trouble. And then you don't see her again after she kisses Steve, right? Bird costume? Bird costume. <laughs> I didn't yeah, she, she gets him out of trouble. And then, like, and then you're not going to see her in Infinity War. She's not an important character. Right, you're not right, going right. to see her in Endgame. So it's this thing where it's like they get brushed aside. And so now she's basically saying, I fucking stole for you. I got blacklisted. I had to come to Madripoor because they don't extradite. And I've just been stuck here for seven years. Living like a baller, though. But in fairness, that's the other part. She's like, and they're like, well, it looks like you're not doing too bad. And she's like, eh, it's pretty nice, actually. Because she's like a super high-end art dealer. Mm. And she made a, she used her black-level skills to basically make her a top of the food chain at something. Right. So she's living well, but she's like, I can't see my parents. 
So then it's she, like, but, shut up. So somehow they were. You're Sam, a real shield agent. You could sneak home to see your parents. Sam was like, oh, uh, I'll make sure you get a pardon. He's like, let's shake on it. You help us get this scientist guy, and I'll fucking get you off. Oh! Walker and Hoskins finally arrive in Berlin. Uh, deduce uh, that Barnes and Wilson helped Zemo escape. Uh, while the Flag Smashers raid the Global Reparation Council, a.k.a. the GRC, which we saw an advertisement. We sure in, did. And we were like. Yeah. What? They're trying to say, say like, people and, came on, home and they didn't yeah. have homes, so we were the guys that figured it out. The funny thing about it, though, is, like, I looked at you and I was like, what would fucking happen? Nightmare. Can you imagine that nightmare? Nightmare. Like, 2020 happened and that's a nightmare? If people disappeared and then for came five back years, for five years, five years later, came back and like your houses are gone, your jobs are gone, your wife, your husband, your everybody's moved on. Your little brother is now older than you. We don't talk, but everyone's so happy because they're like, yippee skippity, the Avengers are back. Nobody really thinks in their head about the fact that like, I would argue that probably 60 to 70% of the population surviving at, when the snap re when undid would have been like, Snap two. Like when the snap happened and their spouse came back, they'd be like, oh my God, why can't they just stay dead? Five years is plenty of time to mourn, move on, and start a new life. Like a lot of people could do that. And now all of a sudden, your grandma, who you were taking care of, and she was on hospice, and you were like, this is a fucking nightmare. Now she's back after you already said, you're like, whoo, ugh. It would be hellish. I'm sure kids would be different. You'd be like, my baby. And also, there's just toddlers everywhere. And babies everywhere. <laughs> you know what he thinks about that? You're walking down the street, and all of a sudden there's a fucking baby in the middle of the road because somebody's pushing it in a stroller, and it poofed. <laughs> Asking I mean, the hard questions. Asking it, the hard questions. That, I guess they set themselves up. They knew it. Another, another thing that it will always be glossed over. Absolutely. But always fun to talk about. Uh, Where does this end? They go to Latveria? No. Let, <laughs> they go to Latveria. Latvia. Yeah, I wish it was Latvia. They make their way to Latvia. Why are they in Latvia? What do they do there? Uh, they're in searching for Morgenthau. Morgenthau? Maybe that's how you say it. Oh, that's the girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Flag Smasher chick. Yeah, they're, they're looking for her because that's going to be. What's oh, her name? Yes. Carly. Carly. We got to see her. Somebody important to her is dying of TB. Oh, right, right, right. And can't be cured. And so they find out that she went to visit this person who died. So now they're like, and Zemo, who you thought abandoned them, but ends up saving them, is like, Let's go, or however he talks. And they're like, yeah, we're with you. And <laughs> the three of them, I guess he's freaking, if he dies, he dies. Who's, uh, he's Lu Drago now. Who's Luigi's? Alt, uh, <laughs> Waluigi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's -a me. It's -a me, Waluigi. Hey, guys, we go to Latvia. Uh, but Barn recognizes. Barn? Barnes. Tommy Barn. <laughs> what? What does Barnes recognize? Bucky Barnes recognizes the Wakanda tracking devices in the street mm. and confronts Dora Malaje Ayo, Ayo? Hmm? who demands Zemo. She right. wants Zemo for killing for killing uh, T'Chaka. T'Chaka, yeah. So, but T'Challa already took care of that. They they followed fucking Claw forever too. Let me ask you a question: Was it always going to be her? You think it would have been Chadwick? All right, Chris. I'm gonna, Chadwick's written into that part. I'm, I'm just because you brought this up. I'm gonna tell you. So I think this was before the show started, but 
uh, Malcolm Spellman, who is a showrunner. Okay. He says he warns fans that episode five will make them cry. Okie dokie. So rumor has it Chadwick Boseman is in the was, fifth. Was a cameo. I bet he's a hologram. Well, they already. Well, this was shot before he died. No, no, no. I'm guessing that he's not really there. That she drops those little dots on the ground, you know, because they can do the cool hologram stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a communication, not a hologram. But I'm sure Chadwick did it. Mm, but it's not like he shows up and he's like, "Where is he?" It's gonna be like they're gonna have a conversation where he's like, "Fine, I trust you. Go on your way, White Wolf," something like that. You know what I mean? Forgive yourself. It's gonna be something sent- sentimental without him actually having to be in Latvia. Hmm, interesting. That's my call, at least. And I'm never wrong. <laughs> Go back to your fucking. It's just a high. It's just a fifty-five minute rule. I'm like I think one uh, of takes place in a graveyard. We were so convinced on that. One. I was a fucking. I love getting sold on shit. I love being like, yeah. Plus, Chris is also very good at convincing people to do things. I love it. I love. Whether it. Did you hear about that? Like, what did you hear about what? Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? That that's fucking. Uh, uh, what's his name? That's Giant Man. That's from- fucking Lawrence Fishburne. And I was like, Lawrence Fishburne story. Oh, man. Uh, That's the Conan O'Brien in there, I think. It is. What was it? There's been a few things you've convinced me since you moved here. Well, honestly, it's only because I have a childlike ability to believe something that I interpret. Like when I heard that voice, when I heard the voice on the phone in WandaVision, and in my brain it said, that was Lawrence Fishburne. Then he said, "Hey, Cliff." And I said, "That was Lawrence Fishburne's character." And William Ambrose well, I immediately was like, "Of course," because I believe the lie. I lie to myself, and I believe it. I'm like, "You goddamn right, it's the, Cliff." The best part is we were around it, and I was like, "It totally yeah, is you know, Lawrence." I took it back. Like, yeah, it is. You nailed that one right on the head, buddy. We high fived about it. Come to find out, a week later, not even close. It wasn't nobody. Even close. It's just from somebody's dad. They called on the phone. <laughs> Anyways, a great episode. I mean, it introduces it gets a Wakanda in there. You get to see Zemo be a badass with his purple mask. Sharon's back. Madripoor. A lot of locations. We're learning more about the Flag Smashers maybe not being, having a good mission, but starting to become extremists. Well, do you think also, is it officially, I feel like they didn't really tackle this convincingly, but is Sharon the power broker? You know, that was my call as we're watching. I said, the power broker is definitely Sharon, right? Like, the whole time it's been this this power broker is the person who watches over Madripoor and they see everything. They're sort of the king of the underground of Madripoor. Like on Let's Make a Deal. Yes, absolutely. Like Wayne Brady on Let's Make a Deal. Perfect analogy. <laughs> um, um, Wayne Brady's not on. <laughs> yeah, he's, Let's Make a Deal is the one where the doors open and sometimes you'll get a tree full of salami. Everybody in the audience wears like a crazy outfit. And the idea is like you have to make a deal on which door you want. Wait, what's the what you're thinking of is <laughs> your what you're thinking of is deal or no deal. <laughs> exactly. Yes, just like deal or no just like the banker and deal or no deal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then it, and I said it's got to be Sharon, right? Like she's in this. She has all the greatest art of all time. She worked her way up a ladder. An art dealer. Yeah, art, being an art dealer and antiquities. What's the difference, what's the like, difference between an art dealer and a power has, broker? She has training from Shield. Like she could absolutely be the person overseeing and running the entire underground. And then at the end, as she leaves them, she's like, "Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll be on my own. You guys go." And then she turns a corner, gets into a Rolls Royce that somebody lets her in, and says, "We have a problem." 
Oh, that's right. And it's like, okay, something's going on with her. I also thought that Baron Zemo is maybe the power broker from prison. Like that sort of play of him ruling Magipore somehow. But we're gonna find out. Damn right we will. Lots uh, of lots of things going on. This this show is fantastic. This episode only got an eighty six percent. Really? Only I say only like it's that's a bad. Why score. did it get an eighty six? Uh, I don't because know. Because of them walking on that bridge. Yeah, that was a bad. Didn't part. make any sense. Randomly they solo got picked walking. up by a taxi halfway down a bridge into Magipore just so they could look cool while they were walking. Uh, but. I think maybe Zemo's dancing. Oh yeah, the dancing. That that's all people have been talking about. I love that. <laughs> how funny that was. I loved it. He was seemed a lot more happier. Well, because now he's kind of over the fact that he he did what he meant to do, kind of, and now his family feels avenged. He did tear the Avengers apart. It almost cost the entire world. Well, he doesn't give a shit. His family's dead, and he's rich, and he's rich as fuck. I think that um, that's an interesting score to me. I think that it probably is because this episode was very action heavy. If you think about it, I think it has four fight scenes. Plus the heist thing breakout in the beginning. Yep. So it has four fight scenes on top of where every episode has one fight scene is more about the emotional development and growth. And this didn't tackle race at all. This didn't keep with the motif. This was literally a building episode for what comes next. We need a lot of action. You guys are in the thick of it. So now we can start to solve the mystery. That's my guess. I wouldn't. I would. I would. I give it a hard splash, and I would have given it a ninety-five. Easily. I give it. A, I definitely give it a splash. Easy. I'm. I'm loving this series so far. I. This is one of those things again. I kind of just wish I could get all of it at once. Oh no! I would watch a four-hour. But movie. I love. The, I do I love the Snyder cut, didn't I? Oh. Oh, Wonder Woman. Oh. Uh, I did. I do. Love. Did or you do? I currently <laughs> am liking currently. the suspense, though. Like I, I, I'm like that. I'm not constantly trying to figure out new updates and new theories. Uh, I was very vocal about that with WandaVision. I can get down on that. See, I love. We talk about this like we're the smartest people in the room. Yeah, they're paying people lots yeah. of money to not figure out these solutions, which is crazy to me. But every same- time we see one of these things, I'm like, nobody, th- nobody thought of that. Well, just production value and lighting and camera. There's a lot that goes into it. What was it that we just watched where someone uh, pointed out that something happened and was completely... Go- oh, the bat in uh, Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. When he's like, wait, so Batman and Rachel flew out the window? Isn't the Joker still Yeah, upstairs? the Joker at, the, at Harvey Dent's party after in the Dark Knight, Joker throws Rachel out. Batman catches her. They crash into the car. Scene jump. So... Joker was up there and left, we can assume. And it never fade. I've watched that movie 40 times. Never thought of it. Never a, a thought of the idea of like, where'd he go? <laughs> Harvey was still up there. I think everyone was so confused. Harvey on- Dent. I think everyone was still stuck on the fact that they flew out of a building. Yeah, and dropped survived. 50 stories and, and survived. Yeah, and smashed the shit out of that car. Yeah. Cars are so soft. <laughs> anyway, more to come with episode four. For this Friday, can't wait to watch it. Uh, man, I'm I'm loving Zemo. I love the Funko version of Zemo. Yeah, as well. him with the purple mask is pretty sweet. In the comics, it's one of those things where you where this happens a lot in the MCU for me. Being a comic book fan, I'll watch. I'll a, a trailer will come out and I'll be like, "Here's the bad guy," or news, and then I'm like, "How the fuck are they gonna pull that off?" Because in a comic, you can your suspend your suspension of disbelief goes a little further. The fact that Baron Zemo 
has a tight purple ski mask that he wears with a crown on top and a fur vest. I'm like, yeah. But then when I think of him, I'm like, I didn't think, th- I just thought they'd say, we're not going to make him wear a purple ski mask. But then you're like, oh no, it's like an armored ski mask. I get it. It's kind of like an infiltration. You see that in a lot of like Eastern European uh, special forces teams. They which wear shit was. like that, which he was. Like, oh, okay. Or like, you know, even Taskmaster in the upcoming Black Widow movie. I don't love the design, but he has a skeleton's face. In fact, yeah. he has a skeleton's head in the comics. So you had to do something different. I don't love the coloring, even though he wears he wears orange and blue, but you could have kept the top white. Anywho, not the point. The point is you have to make some sacrifices and some changes in the live production, but I think Marvel does a great job for the most part. They usually hit a villain right on the mark. Um, would you, so while we're on this, another topic about Black Widow has been that the hype has died down. Yes. However, they just put out a new trailer, and that trailer has more views than, like, a lot more views than the first few trailers that have come out. <sighs> this is such a bummer. I'm so over this movie. So. We'll talk about that on the main show. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, no, we're going to end it here. That's it. We don't. Oh, that's it. No, I'm like, just going to say. I d- story for the main show. No, it's not. Which is that you can catch every single Wednesday on all of your streaming platforms. Except for this week. Not this week. Uh, or last week. But again, I do think the pushback and 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 the pushback hurts movies. Absolutely. It ruins hype. It ruins the, uh, it ruins the energy. Mm-hmm. I think it takes away the momentum you built this movie. And th- but in fairness, this is a weird one. This movie got made three years too late and now it got pushed a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I will say, however, a counter to that would be Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, that, King of Monsters was only two years ago. But still, this movie got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But it didn't feel like it. We were so distracted with it. What about Mortal Kombat? Well, I think well, we haven't it, seen it wasn't yet. Godzilla 2016. So basically, you, went, you got Godzilla. Then the next year, you got Kong. Then you got two years later, Skull Island. Or excuse me. Then you got King of Monsters. And then you only had to wait two years to get them fighting. Not bad. Five years for three movies, four movies. I'm just talking about this movie. I'm, uh, what I'm saying is, I see. Yeah, it can ruin, especially for this one, it can ruin momentum. And it's coming off where Endgame's done, so we felt like this chapter was closed. It it, it has a lot. If this was Black Panther two, it wouldn't have lost momentum. Cool. People would have been like, "Yeah," and Chadwick Boseman's alive in this universe and in this scenario. Okay. Oh well, yeah, I mean, it'd still be like, "Okay, yeah, next chapter, of Black Panther." But people are like, "Black Widow, she fucking dead." You, you, you did mention this idea to me that if we know about a character's fate, uh-huh. we lose interest. How like Han Solo. Not? How can you not? But uh, I, I, and, and this I, I never prequel, heard that before. But I don't need a prequel for her. Same reason I didn't need a solo prequel. Did, we still, we still know when this takes place. We, we've thought no. that it's like between. I Civil think it's War. a paralequel technically because it's between other properties. It is between, yeah. Yeah. But it's not during the gap. It's not during the blip. We don't know. Because her hair is not long enough. But her hair is that... Her hair is too long. Her hair is like the 
regular or how she has yeah, it but in, remember in, in Infinity War it's this and then Infinity War it's got the blonde and the red her head, hair's all red in this one I think it has the combo oh does it well then it must be in that that gap let us know what your theories are about the hype on Black Widow yeah <laughs> thanks for listening to this thing about Captain and Winter Soldier or whatever the fuck it's called tell us what you think about Black Widow that's gonna do it for this episode of the next episode stay tuned where we're talking Godzilla versus King Kong pop culture this week talking Space Jam talking dmx maybe uh some other stuff has happened going down we're back baby we're, we got the new studios it's always going down i'm your host belly back my man chris bucky watts we out of here baby peace